Dear friends in Christ, welcome to this podcast from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. All Saints is a loving, welcoming parish serving Southeast Portland for over a century. Our purpose is to celebrate God's love, seek and serve Christ in all persons, and go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. Today, we invite you to join the Reverend Andrea Skornick as she preaches the gospel and explores the mysteries of God in our modern world. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, we pray. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Mother of us all, Amen. If you've seen the most recent season of the TV show Fargo, you may have been intrigued, like I was, how the whole show centers around the idea of debt. Debt is what motivates each storyline. The characters are either interested in collecting on debts, like the abusive husband who's trying to track down the wife he considers to be his property, the billionaire who made her fortune on buying up people's debts, the hitman who has multiple accounts to settle, or on the other side of things, a victim trying to start a new life, a couple drowning in consumer loans, a police officer who feels indebted to the person who saved his life, the debtors. In an interview, the show's creator, Noah Hawley, said, this year I did really want to look at debt. Something like two-thirds of Americans carry a not insignificant amount of debt, but nobody ever talks about it. And there's shame to it. There's morality to it. The show captures both the burden of debt and also its vicious cycle. How debt snowballs, how one debt leads to another leads to another. In the show, the characters are all chasing each other down, trying to get restitution, creating more conflict, causing more destruction at every turn. And just when there seems to be a moment of resolution, some much-needed peace, someone or something shows up and stirs everything up again. In one such instance in the show, one of the characters has finally caught up with another, seeking a pound of flesh ready to collect. The rationale that he gives the victim is a debt must be paid. It's the same rationale that's been driving him and all the madness in the show to this point. Until she looks back at him and in a very matter-of-fact way, says why. Why must debt be paid? I understand, she says, keeping a promise, but people always say debt must be paid. Except what if you can't? If you're too poor or you lose your job, maybe there's a death in the family. Isn't the better thing, the more humane thing, to say that debt should be forgiven? Isn't that who we should be? 
in Christianity, where sins are spoken of in terms of debt. Too often, God is depicted as the divine debt collector. In the appointed Exodus passage for today, God collects on the parents' sins by punishing their children, and not just them, but their children and their children for thousands of generations. The gospel reading centers around a ritual in which the sins of the people were transferred to animals and sacrificed for those sins, for their inevitable falling short of the law. In the way many people understand the cross, it was that Jesus had to pay the debt of humanity's sin, that God couldn't look at us or come close to us unless a sacrifice was made. Something or someone has to pay. A debt has to be paid. But all of that sounds less like infinite love, like God, and more like us, like that inner part of us that can't handle the most minor missteps against us, the knee-jerk reaction that happens inside. He shouldn't have said that. She needs to make up for what she did. They need to serve their time. Someone has to be punished. Someone has to take the fall for us all to be able to move on. We get in the weeds of resentment and retribution, so much so that we can't see that it never works. It never brings the resolution we hope for, just more of the same. Trapped in that endless cycle, a cage that we hold the key to but can't get out of. In scripture, in theology, in our heads, when God starts to look more like us in our lowest moments, chances are that's God made in our image. Speaking to this very tendency, Richard Rohr says, the lowest level of motivation is guilt, shame, reward, and punishment. It has not moved us anywhere close to a civilization of love. When we as individuals, a family, a church, or nation find ourselves drawing any negative or fearful conclusions about God, we need only look deep inside ourselves, and we will probably find that we are angry and projecting our anger onto God. This very human pattern is illustrated throughout the Bible. We can call it God, but we are the ones who look at debt and says it has to be paid. God is the one who looks at debt and says this has to be forgiven. God is the one who turns the tables on human desires for vindication, fairness, and getting what we are owed. God is the one who lets go who knows and shows us how forgiveness is the only way to really move on. In scripture, we see this in the God who requires a jubilee year, where every 50 years, all the debts have to be paid. And prophetic declarations like the God 
who wants to give us mercy rather than having us try to atone. In the Jewish understanding of the Messiah as the one who would come and forgive all debts, in the story of the prodigal son who was welcomed back without condition, thrown a party even, we see it in the way that Jesus teaches us to pray. Forgive us our debts. Not because we have to ask God for that, but to remind us to receive that forgiveness and let go of the hurt we are holding on to. And we see it in the way that Jesus forgives. The Bible doesn't give one singular perspective on the nature of God, but the ones we should listen closest to are the ones that surprise and overwhelm us with their goodness. Quoting Rohr again, our sacred stories reflect both the growth and resistance of the human soul. I call it three steps forward, two steps backward. References to the wrath of God are examples of two steps backward storytelling. Yet the whole story moves slowly and inexorably toward inclusivity, mercy, unconditional love, and forgiveness. In Fargo, or in other revenge plot shows or stories like it, it's easy to see how much suffering is caused in how we handle our debts, our sins, the things we have done wrong and the wrong done to us, that vicious cycle, pain that gets transmitted from one person to the next for generations. But God gives us another way, a way to get out from under the burden, to get free from the cages that we put ourselves and each other in. Made in the image of God, we experience the divine in us when we forgive, let go, declare peace when we have every right to war. Though it doesn't make rational sense, it doesn't make sense to the ego, I forgive you are words that free us and make our souls sing. In the times we can see the pain, the cycle, the cage we are caught up in and say, why? Why must a debt be paid when a debt can be forgiven? Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast offering from All Saints Episcopal Church in Portland. For more resources from All Saints or to support this or our many other outreach ministries, please visit allsaintspdx.org.